Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Thank you for joining me again today. I'm going to be talking about hiddenness, a kind of obscurity, and or being under restriction. And um, both are a kind of concealment where things are held back for a season. And when we find ourselves in these places, I think it's very encouraging if we understand uh, that there's particular reasons for this. And I think it gives us hope to go forward and continue well. So hidden, it's when we seem to be unseen, unnoticed, unheard, concealed, maybe unrewarded. And in times of hiddenness and times of restriction, um, often gifts are a part of that time that we may not understand at the time because it seems like a hard or a dark place for us. But God has gifts in store. It can be a time of real learning, making good things sturdier in us, correcting or removing some things that need to be removed, laying a foundation for new things or a new work or a leadership preparation for new things. Uh, but it's also sometimes a time for taking away where we need old things removed, um, sometimes including people, uh, uh, because some, some things are no longer needed or no longer useful, might hinder us. Some things we need to unlearn or replace. And we know from scripture, God wants us to flourish. He wants our life to flourish. Uh, but there are seasons where we seem to remain rather obscure or we have limiting restrictions on our life that we may not understand at the time. God can't and won't be reduced to something in our control. It's not going to be according to our agenda, but it will be according to his goodness and what he knows we really need. He works with us. He works on our behalf, but he doesn't work for us. So there are two lives I would like to look at in scripture. One is King David and one is Jesus, where, where we see this and the outworking of this hidden time. So um, the prophet Saul went to David's house and David had a bunch of older brothers and Saul looked him over and said, no, no, this isn't who God's chosen. And there was one young lad still out in the fields keeping the sheep and he was brought in. It was David and uh, Samuel anointed David as king. Now, Saul was still king, but he anointed David as king. And up to that point, David had just been the younger brother who uh, played his harp in the field, sang songs to God, and yet learned to kill a lion and a bear, preparing for battle. So that was his life. And then we come upon him at Ziklag in 1 Chronicles 12, where he, um, he has spent, at this point, many years in wild places, in the deserts, hiding in caves, even with the Philistines. And so First Chronicles 12, 2 says, Now these are the ones who came to David at Ziklag while he was still restricted. That's an interesting phrase, while he was still restricted. Because of Saul, the son of Kish. Now Saul was king at that time. And they were among the mighty men who helped David in war. 
They were equipped with bows, using both the right hand and the left to sling stones and shoot arrows from the bow. These were very accomplished warriors, and they began to gather to David at Ziklag. Then later in the same chapter, we find that others come as well, and they prove their loyalty to him, and so he makes them captains of some of the bands. These men were devoted to him. He was developing them into real leaders, uh, and he had captured their heart, and I believe they recognized the Lord's favor on him. So while he was still restricted, these were the things that happened that were happening. So what was David doing during those years of training? Because that's what they were. They were years of training. He'd been anointed. He'd been called as king, but he wasn't the king yet. Saul was still on the throne. Well, I believe he kept worshiping just as he did from childhood. And he wrote many Psalms from there. So he know, we know he kept worshiping. And so that tells us that in a time of hiddenness, in a time of restriction, that's a time to worship. That's a time to deepen our relationship with the Lord. We're waiting on some things, right? We're waiting on some breakthroughs, but that's a time to deepen our relationship with the Lord. He kept trusting God's faithfulness. He kept trusting God's love. He kept trusting God's uh, promises and he kept hoping in the Lord. And he kept pre preparing his own men for leadership and for war so that when he came out of that time, they were fully equipped and fully prepared. And he kept uh, preparing himself for war, for leadership, for kingship. Being under restriction, it's not a time for idleness. It's a time of uh, equipping, and it's really a time of refining and redefining who we are, what we're, what we're called to, what we're about. So David had severe restrictions. I mean, Saul was after him to kill him. This is no small thing. And still he became a great leader. And I think there's some reasons for this. For one, he never gave up. He had courageous endurance. He just didn't give up, no matter how hopeless it seemed. And again, we see that in the Psalms. And um, though over the years, there were many, many opportunities for discouragement. He continued to remember Samuel's prophecy over him. He continued to hope in the Lord. And then he developed and um, displayed great integrity, great character. He had some opportunity, opportunities himself to kill Saul, but he wouldn't do it. He kept honoring Saul. He even wrote a psalm. Uh, to Saul and Jonathan, honoring them. Another thing is he, in, he trusted God and knew that God was going to make a way to keep him alive and, um, and to draw this army around him. And in doing that, he became very strategic. He became very wily and um, uh, well-experienced. Um, in training his army, he learned how to lead them, and he learned who he could trust. He learned their strengths and, and weaknesses. And I believe, very importantly, he learned to face his fears. Hmm. A time of hiddenness will help us do that. So during times of hiddenness and during times of restriction, we have a lot of opportunity to build our character, to grow in character. While we're waiting, we can be developing 
uh, instead of just wondering why we're hidden, which of course we wonder that sometimes, but we can keep moving forward, developing those things we know to develop. We can grow in integrity. We can grow in wisdom. We can grow in joy and in hope, in sturdiness. And it, this actually sets us up for our future. Um, we can learn to abide more deeply in the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, those are listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We can learn to uh, abide more deeply in joy or peace or exercising self-control. And if we look at 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 5 through 9, 2 Peter, Peter also gives us a list of character qualities that are to be ours. And what he says is these things are to be added. And he begins to list them to this, add this, to this, add this. And then he says uh, that we're to grow in increasing measure in these things. If you're wise, grow in wisdom. If you're patient, grow in patience. And so, uh, you know, I'd just like you to pause a moment and think, what do I need to add? Or if added, what do I need to grow in, in increasing measure? These are things we can bring before the Lord. And we have to understand it's a process. There is just no such thing as instant maturity. Uh, maturity grows over time with his grace, his spirit supplying the empowering to do it and our effort. And um, without this kind of development in some of these hidden places, we just don't grow enough to bear the weight of some of the things that God often wants to give us or wants to um, say the work that he wants to give us. We have to have the character to bear the weight of what he wants to bring to us and what we're destined for. And to not develop in these hidden or restricted places really is a choice. It's, it's very self-sabotaging. Another benefit of being in this kind of place is our heart begins to enlarge to know him. Not the God we think he is, but the God he really is. We get to know him, not what we've wished and constructed, but who he really is. He doesn't dangle carrots. He doesn't have us wait for no reason. He loves us, but he does know what's needed for our correction and our development. And often we want our freedom without any restrictions, right? Uh, but we find that submitting to his will is the best way, that growing in real freedom doesn't mean we have things our way all the time, and we can just learn to love him more. In the book, In the School of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, loving God is not a restriction because his splendor and his beauty are so great that loving him is infinite happiness. God is infinite good so that loving him does not constrict the heart, but enlarges it infinitely. Let's also look at the life of Jesus because he had these 30 hidden years. And there's three things I wanna point out about that that I've noticed. He spent 30 years being about his father's business before he was thrust into ministry. And so when he became visible in public ministry, he already knew how to listen to the Lord. He already knew how to see what his father was doing and do that very thing. When he's launched into the fullness, he's fully equipped. 
He's fully ready. And he has the favor of the Lord, just like David did. So hiddenness is a time for preparation and for confirming the work of our hands. The second thing I see about these years with Jesus is he spent 30 years in the scriptures, learning, memorizing, meditating on the Torah, the Old Testament. And after his baptism, where the father had said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he was isolated. He was led into the wilderness for 30 days, for 40 days. And there he had uh, these temptations that are recorded and he met every temptation the same way. He said, it is written. He brought the living word up and out and it stood him steady. He had the word hidden in his heart. Alicia Britt Cholie in her book Anonymous wrote, Jesus did not deny the existence of his natural longings and feelings. He did, however, intentionally upgrade the authority of his will by empowering it with God's word. What grows in anonymous seasons? The anchor of God's word in our soul. I want to read that little phrase again. He intentionally upgraded the authority of his will by empowering it with God's word. So much reason to hide God's word in our heart. The third thing I see is uh, those 30 years of maturing. In Luke 2.52, it says that he grew in stature. He had natural human development and in wisdom and in favor with God and man. He grew in wisdom. We see him in the temple asking questions and talking and observing life around him. And he grew in favor. I, I think sometimes we think of favor as just a gift given to us, but it's something that we can grow in. He grew in favor with God by trusting and surrendering. And when he came out of that hidden place into public ministry, he knew how to trust. He knew how to surrender. He knew how to live, uh, live in obedience. So when we're in these places, we still need to be pursuing the Lord. We need to be in active pursuit of the Lord, of his word. It's easy to languish and to fall into a malaise because we don't see something happening. But we need to intentionally keep trusting and believing. And we need to decide there's one option. That's to live in the Lord fully alive, even when restricted or hidden. Thanks for joining me. Hope you'll join me next time.